to. Potato. Oh, that was a potato. Sound wave light. Mine's quite clear. Radio voice intro. That's okay. that, that, that'll work well. Yes, yes. Right. You are listening to Future Sounds. This is Series 3, Episode 2. It's a quiet one tonight. Oh, it's a quiet intro, isn't it? Just just me and Fateman. It's a very quiet intro. Just, <laughs> just the we two of us. We can make it if we try. That's very beautiful. Well, we'll we have will. to make it, and won't we? There's, there's and no then one there's, else. Uh, Tom making up for it with a really top interview in a minute that we're kind of, uh, we'll talk about in a sec. But how you been? You've been to yeah. Cardiff. I've been very well, thank you. Eating ramen. Been to Cardiff. Went to the went to the valleys. Um, First of all, we should probably explain the reason it's just the two of us tonight. Number one, as Rob's just alluded to, Tom has a fantastic interview, which we will tell you all about in one moment. So the majority of this pod will be Tom's dulcet tones, Um, and of course Enzo, who's usually at the helm, um, has just had a bambino. Well, he he is. His father, the Bambino, which yes. was born uh, currently Something two days like ago, is was docked on our time. So, <laughs> so congratulations, Enzo and Kaylee, to uh, bouncing. I think we can. Were you allowed to say it's a bouncing so. baby boy? Away, but that's uh, probably privacy rules. It might be a privacy rule. Stalked. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a very hot off hot yeah. off the press baby. Fresh um, out of the oven. So, yes, so this is as the reason as to why it's uh, you have myself and Rob here to do a little bit of a hello, a little bit of a chat, and then um, we'll go from there. But, yes, been to Cardiff. I actually popped in and saw the boys, uh, the boys being pre, uh, Jay pre, and Enzo, pre-baby. MPF. Pre-baby. Um, so things were that little bit of tension in the air as we had our fried breakfast. Any moment. Uh, in the crisp. Yeah, for sure. And then, of course... I think it was literally a day or two later that um, said child <laughs> came to the came came to the earth. How have you been, right, baby's here. Yeah, I've just been working a bit. Oh, you know what I've done though? I've booked six sessions with a personal trainer. First time I've done anything like that because I'm determined Ooh, to shift this uh, stubborn weight, let's call it, that I've that I put on during the pandemic and never lost. So yeah, I went for a session today. He's a young chap. He's a rugby player or ex-rugby player and uh, full of enthusiasm and support. And I just feel really unfit. I'm all ahead. I'm hurting like a mother now. Jeez, my legs. Do you know what, though? The, the aching the aching is the nice feeling. Although, yeah, you said it was today. Yeah, hour session today. We did legs yeah. for an hour. Wait till tomorrow, tomorrow morning. It's worse. Oh, my God. <laughs> I my think butt, so. my glutes. I'll tell you what. But it's good, man. So, yeah, new year, new uh, new weight loss. I managed to shift the seven, not into not in an hour, but I have shifted the seven pounds I put mm-hmm. on over Christmas, which is nice. So, so holiday that's weight, gone. holiday weight's gone. To call it that's um, that's gone by what is today the twenty yeah. sixth of Jan. Well, we're looking, you know, we've uh, we've addressed different dates in publishing, but today being the twenty sixth of Jan. No, congratulations! It's always yeah. good to have a bit of a focus, a bit of a vision on it. I know, I know, it's something you've been talking about for a while. God, I don't so, want to be um, a and you're a tubby 46-year-old, no, no. And you're home alone. Oh, yeah, well, I've got my little boy upstairs sleeping, hopefully. He already has light on. He might be reading cheekily under the covers like we always to do mm. with my Beano annual when I was a kid. But, um, yeah, Ooh, I know. Nostalgic. I know. That old. Um, how about yourself? Are you home alone? Yeah, well, well I, I obviously want... No, I'm um, simply 
hiding upstairs in the office space to get a little bit of peace and quiet with um, what is ultimately four oh. felines in the in the house. Uh, no, obviously I didn't make the oh, last yeah. recording, which was the first of season three. Um, I was in, I was actually, again, in a more travelling, I was in deepest Devon. For those in the US who don't know, Devon is kind of toward the bottom left-hand side where the UK kind of comes out on a little sticky bit. It's not right down the bottom, it's kind of in the thigh. <laughs> the thigh area, of England. If you considered that to be a... Yeah, the thigh, the, <laughs> the juicy thigh that. of England, and it was it was just as moist down oh, there as well. It was, it was, it was shockingly wet, shockingly cold. However, a good time was had, um, and yes, yeah, so it's nice to get back into the pod. It's been a little while. Nice to be at season three. Nice yeah. to be at twenty twenty four. Um, everyone feels. Well, I say everyone feels refreshed, but from hearing about Enzo, I think oh, he's had an hour's sleep, so I don't think he feels refreshed at all. And uh, the other one's uh, quite a young, a young little girl as well. So, uh, yeah, he's got he's got his work cut out for him. Yeah, I th- well, you know, I'd like to think maybe he's just giving yes, it all yeah. out the way. Call it a day now. Does that mean he's Jay's having to uh, pull his weight a bit more at the uh, at the labels? Well. I haven't heard much about it. I've, I've, I'm still, I'm still receiving MPF emails and updates. Exactly. So, but I know it's not just no. those dudes that do that. So, um, I reckon what, while the while the cat's away, <laughs> the other cat is also <laughs> away. That's called cats. <laughs> mm. Rob, we, we we do it. We have a little something for the people, don't we? But they're going to have to wait a little. Yes, bit you will out. have to endure. I'm not quite sure how long the interview is actually with Groove uh, Groove Remote. And uh, and Tom, who's mm. uh, from San Antonio, Texas, I believe. Not Tom, but That's Groove Remote. And then you're going to hear an exclusive track play. So don't fast forward. Don't be skipping it. Don't be listening to this on 3.2 speed or whatever. Enjoy it. Take your time. Make a cuppa. And then come back for an exclusive. Ooh, well, we could speak really slowly. So when you speed it up... We sound normal, but that's just going to annoy well, me. Then, uh, I can't do it. And I'm I don't an know if man. Tom and Groove Remote would be doing the same thing. So it could just get really weird. It'd just be like, isn't it, Chipmunks? <laughs> it's kind of weird already, isn't it? Let's be fair, literally. They've, they've, they've left us to it. It feels like a, uh, it feels like oh, a saloon chat. Quiet saloon chat. Um, okay, so probably what's best for us to do is maybe tee up, tee up Tom. Hey, up to me. Uh, so my uh, yes, yeah, so my understanding is this uh, was something that Tom recorded, as we say, with his good friend Aldo, aka Groove Remote, fresh from his DJ set at Flamingo Fest day one uh, in yes. LA last year. Um, and the way these the guys have described it as a music nerd loving. So sitting down with Aldo, they chatted about DJing compilation curating and making what in brackets has been referred to as proper, proper. Vapor oh okay wave. none of this new m- malarkey proper none of that dodgy stuff wave. so no, nah. so no guitar no no instrumentation that hasn't been sampled is that what we're saying for the for the OG well fans. I don't want to put words in people's mouths I don't want to put words in people's mouths it could be and I think along the way they do detour a little bit into talking about pirate radio and of course, one of my favourite producers, Mr. Patrick yes. Cowley, who, um, of course, without uh, being too obvious, I did write a, uh, a small article on last summer on Patrick Cowley, which you can get at future-sounds.uk. And uh, you can have a bit of a read of uh, Mr. Cowley, his 
Very short life, but incredibly interesting times. Uh, so, is it without further yeah, ado? Further is it ado that, is or that, ado? That, yeah, let's do it. Let's hear it. Without further ado, here is Tom and Aldo, a.k.a. Groove Remote. Let's go. Okay, let's go. All right, so you're, you're recording, yeah? Yes. Wicked, it looks like I am as well. So um, after some te- technical difficulties, I'm here with Groove Remote. Uh, Groove Remote's a DJ, a dad, an educator, a curator, <laughs> a compiler, a connoisseur, and a prolific producer of proper Vaporwave. Um, or at least that's how I consider you. Um, I don't know how you consider yourself. Well, uh, I'm blushing, but uh, you <laughs> know, I think just being a, a, a music lover. Uh, I love mm-hmm. music. You know, I try and um, incorporate it as much as I can. You know, like you mentioned, uh, DJing. Uh, I'm a dad. You know, I'm always playing music for my kiddo. Um, you know, collecting, uh, making vaporwave or trying to make vaporwave. You know, I think just being a, a music lover and just trying to share it. That's cool. That's a really nice answer because, um, yeah, in writing down all the things that you do, um, there's kind of considerable overlap and, um, kind of vaporwave seems to be the perfect kind of environment for that. This kind of hybrid role of being. A collector and a creator. Oh, I know it's very, it's very, very accessible to do anything. Really, I mean, it's been it's been really easy. Yeah, uh, easy in the sense that um, easy in a skill sense, and I mean that with peace mm-hmm. and love. Easy uh, community wise, easy um, accessibility. I mean, you just go to YouTube, you type in vaporwave or whatever, you get a bandcap, and there's just you always there's no shortage of of music. So, you know, I say easy with, you know, with complete kindness. <laughs> yeah, that is that is the the best thing about it is kind of um accessibility like uh yeah, easy to find and maybe easier than some other genres to make your voice heard, although it is it is still really difficult and you know, you see people getting frustrated that their music isn't being picked up by a wider audience or you get some people who get a slightly skewed perception of like uh the size of our scene like they think they think that they're you know the people at the at the top of the uh, our little vapor pyramid are are like bona fide celebrities but it's not it's a it's a little but it's a it's a little <laughs> bubble isn't it with with you know there are some rungs rungs it to sure climb is. but i, you I know. remember when um a few months ago i don't know i i was listening to this george clan interview i think it was on hot takes and he mentioned something about like people thinking that you know he's like commercial or whatever mm-hmm. and he goes yeah what people don't know is all the artists that turn us down he's like we reach out to artists that we like and we don't even get responses sometimes and i go man i you know it's kind of funny because you think of electronicon and you think of like that label sort of tenacity or sort of um mm-hmm. uh, what's the word i'm looking for uh notoriety yeah, maybe. um and to think that you know yeah hustle there you go and to hear that they're getting turned down by artists they you know they're trying to reach out to it's just kind of like oh man you know maybe you know there isn't this is sort of a small uh it was kind of a humbling sort of thing to hear yeah but by the same token you know like some artists in our world and some artists particularly on their roster you know they have streaming numbers comparable or superior to you know serious mainstream artists and you know they they have 
um, kind of overlap and connections with with people like Caroline Polachek and stuff like genuine kind of mainstream. Oh yeah, of, yeah. Um, yeah, you I, know, success stories. Yeah, I actually met. Have you heard of uh, someone named Claire Rose? Yeah, yeah, I have. Uh, I ran into her. Well, she did a show here where I'm from mm-hmm. at this like Japanese tea garden. Really beautiful scenery and i was wearing my 100 percent electronica tea yeah. and she spotted it and she goes hey those are my friends from la and i go man uh, you know the reach seems to be in all sort of aspects of electronic music. yeah because um her, her music's particularly experimental isn't it yeah, yeah i think uh what did she call it ambient emo <laughs> that's cool but yeah there's um i guess that yeah. that kind of suggests um a meeting of worlds like i think she's trying to sort of make uh, avant-garde or experimental electronic music kind of more glamorous and more fun and less kind of chin strokey yeah. <laughs> and less less kind of yeah, blo- exactly, blokey yeah. and stuff and yeah I guess I guess a lot of what we do and like 100% electronica artists do is kind of this blending of like high and low brow and pop and art or pop art like who was it um we had a guest on, I think it was um, Andy from Pure Life, and um, he made me laugh, or he made us laugh, because he said that uh, George Clanton even looks like Andy Warhol. You know, we were talking about Vaporwave as pop art, and he's like, <laughs> so this guy even looks like Andy Warhol. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's yeah, hilarious. Yeah. yeah. I like that. But yeah, I mean, I guess what we're getting at is that you do a bunch of things, or, you know, a, a lot of us in this world do a bunch of things, but I think you really do do a bunch of things, and they all kind of intersect nicely and i guess the the core of all of it is kind of your personality and your tastes and it's just um it kind of gets expressed in uh you've got different outlets different outlets for uh these things you know you've got um uh you can express yourself in many different ways whether it's making music of your own or it's uh collecting music of uh artists you enjoy and kind of um uh, presenting it in new ways, I guess. I guess vaporwave in general is is, is yeah, presenting I mean, other people's music in new ways. But um, you know, you do that and you do that in a few different ways. Yeah, one thing I've always thought about is like, you know, I hate to gatekeep music mm-hmm. because it's music and it's supposed to be shared and stuff. But um, uh, you know, sometimes you find something and you want to kind of hold on to it for yourself because it feels sort of, you know, special. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, even though. Um, I think one of the things that I started doing was um, sampling tracks or songs that I really liked. And I felt like, oh, if I'm sampling this, you know, reworking whatever and releasing it under myself, it's like a second layer of like ownership over it. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not directly owning this, but I've been able to like um, put some sort of, um, I don't know, I don't want to say ownership, but, you know, being able to like hold something that much closer Something that mm-hmm. I love, you know, whether it be a track or an album or an artist, and hold it just a little bit closer after being able to sample it and release it or do whatever. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, I mean, a couple of the things that I feel like you're particularly known for, like, I mean, um, I, like, on a personal level, I know that you've got, like, a sort of encyclopedic knowledge of music and, um, you know, yeah, you know your shit, and that that comes out a lot when you're DJing. But I think one of the things that that you're particularly known for is um, your uh, knowledge of the catalogues of the um, Waterfront Dining and Cat System Corp, uh, whose works you've kind of um, oh my god, yeah, sort yeah. of uh, compiled 
and um, curated um, into sort of a compilation form. Like, um, why those two artists in particular? Like, can you talk a bit about your relationship with those artists? Uh, yeah, of course. The waterfront dining thing was just like a passion project, to be honest. Um, and, you know, as far as, I mean, his, their music is prolific in the sense that, you know, it's been around forever. Well, you know, forever, according to the scene, mm -hmm. but it was just like consistent. And I've always looked at the waterfront dining albums as sort of mixtapes, you know, yeah. being that, you know, it's all sample based na in nature. I would look at them as sort of, um, like I said, like a mixtape and I go, Oh man, you know what, what's on this, yeah. what's on this or what's on this album. Um, and a while back ago, I had a radio show on Mixcloud um, that I would just release mixes monthly. And I decided one day to do a, a waterfront dining yeah. mix and, you know, of tracks that he'd used. Um, and then I managed to get in touch with him and I asked him, you know, sort of for his, I don't want to say his blessings, but, you know, I let him know that, hey, I was doing this. Is this okay? Are you fine with that? And they they were cool with it and then from there it just kind of snowballed into like the essential series yeah. which was those three um and you know i kind of i had it not been like um had it not feel like a overkill i would have kept going making that yeah. but i felt like three was enough to mm -hmm. stop um but uh the same thing with corp i mean uh i knew i think i found cat system corp through a waterfront dining tape okay and so I thought that would be a really good um, next part of like the series per se. And even that first uh, on the Capcorp Essentials, the first um, track was a Waterfront Dining Capcorp collab. Yeah. So I felt like that was a good way to, you know, weave in the the next part of the series. Nice. Yeah, that's a, that's your DJ brain kicking in there, you know, sort of um, looking for tra yeah, transitions yeah, exactly. and links, right? Uh, I know. Have you seen? It's like that. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it. That meme, that shitty drawing of the guy in the <laughs> corner. Like no one knows the, that this is a sample. Yeah. Or yeah. Whatever. Um, uh, that, that's like I'm like constantly. I'm like constantly feeling like that guy. Uh, have, are you familiar with uh, Dark Entries? What's that? It's the the record label. No, I don't think so. They oh, they they. They do a lot of cool releases, a lot of Patrick Cowley stuff, oh, cool. and some good comps. Yeah, but um, they also do. Um, <laughs> they've done reissues of gay porn soundtracks. Yeah, well, uh, on Patrick vinyl. Cowley. Patrick Cowley did did a lot of that, didn't he? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so one of the meat was that meme of the guy in the corner, and it was like, no one knows I collect, uh, or no one knows I collect uh, gay porn soundtracks, or some, something to that degree. <laughs> yeah. And it was just, you know, it's funny. Yeah, yeah. I mean that. I, I that music gets played a lot here in London at sort of hipster pizza restaurants and hipster bars and stuff. And it's funny that music <laughs> that was designed for functional purposes, um, I guess, like, um, you know, he, he made, made music that was like way more groundbreaking and um, kind of beautiful and um, experimental than it needed to be for that, that purpose. So maybe it's not that weird that it's good that it's had a second <laughs> life as like, you know, something beloved of um, audio files. But yeah, it is still kind of funny that like <laughs> that porn, porno music is yeah, having a second. There was life. a, there was a, so I have a, uh, here in town, I have a residency at this mm. bar, like this wine bar, bar called Hands Down. And our first night that we played there, 
I threw on a Patrick Cowley record and the owner like immediately like her ears perked up. Yeah. And she she came up and she goes, Are you playing Patrick cool. Cowley? And I go, Yeah, and I showed her the record. She goes, Oh, I love his music. And I think that was what like secured my residency oh, there cool. after she saw uh after she heard that and um I think that was enough for her to be like, Oh, okay, cool, these guys That's play. cool. I think um Patrick Fakeman of this parish um had like a big sort of Patrick Cowley revelation. Maybe it wasn't like a recent revelation, but like, but wrote a piece for the Future Sounds website about about um, his love of Patrick Cowley. Um, I think it's like, yeah, like broad, oh, I, broad I'm, kind of appeal. I missed that one. I'm yeah, yeah. I'll, um, I'll, well, we'll, um, we'll link it in the in the description of this pod. Um, but yeah, I think there like pe- people are qu- actually quite familiar with that music because of the the Sylvester, you know, like Patrick Cowley producing all the Sylvester stuff, or you know, like a lot a lot of the kind of prominent stuff. I actually didn't know that. I was listening to a Sylvester record, and I said, man, this sounds like mm-hmm. Patrick Cowley. And then, you know, I went and I looked, and I said, oh, well, that makes sense. It was <laughs> Yeah, like proper sort of squelchy machine disco stuff. It's very cool, isn't it? I actually just found out Sylvester has, like, a gospel record or something okay. that I hadn't, I hadn't, I had no idea about. Um, did you, were you, did you know that? I think I've heard of it, but I haven't, I haven't heard the record. I guess it's like, um... What's it called? Like uh, yeah. T Pain singing, singing without the auto tune. You know, like the don't need all these kind of um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, electronic yeah. bells and whistles. You know, if 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 there's kind of raw talent there. Oh man, we're um, <laughs> I knew this was going to happen. We're gonna. It's just um, it's just yeah, a yeah. music nerd off. <laughs> It's because um, you're too polite. You don't want to talk oh, about yourself. You just want to. You just want to kind of um, give love to your your influences and your inspirations. But I've got to, you know, got to bring it back to you. There you go. That's why. That's why I don't even like. That's why. That's why I don't even like my birthday. I don't. I don't like the attention. Aww. Well, okay, okay. I mean, having having said that, I was going to bring it back back to you. I guess. Um, you know, again, we're sort of deflecting onto to other other things because. Um, Aside from those kind of compilations of vaporwave artists, um, you've done kind of oh, uh, yeah, yeah. assembled kind of tribute compilations, vaporwave tribute compilations to um, sort of bigger name um, acts that have influenced you and have influenced other people in the scene. So we, um, we've got the the tribute to the Whispers, and we got the tribute to Patrice Russian as well. Oh, you know that one never made it out. I have all the tracks, and I just never released it. Yeah, that one, that one needs um, to come out. The artist that I wanted to do the, yeah, the artist that did the work on the whispers one, the, the mm. design, I really wanted her to do the second yeah. one. but she's like a full time, renowned, you know, um, designer. I mean, like that's her living, and uh, the the timeline was just not adding up to get her to do the work, and then. Uh, and then on top of that, she lives in a part of the world where it took us like a month to figure out how to pay her. Okay. Uh, so it was just like, uh, it, it was just kind of difficult, but, um, yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll just throw in like an, an AI prompt and get some art so I can release it. Don't do it. that. Don't do that. <laughs> no AI prompts. <laughs> yeah, no, we should put the call out here, you know, if there's any, um, any Vaporwave artists yeah, in the yeah, scene yeah. with, a, with a love of Patrice Russian a... and a love of Groove Remote. Yeah, there you go. We can, yeah, hopefully someone will reach out and then we can finally release it. Oh, actually, though, um, that artwork won like a design contest in her in her country or something. Uh, she messaged me saying that her work with that she submitted that as a project. Wow. And I think that she got like second or third place 
um, for like uh, outstanding design or artwork or something like that's that. That's so cool. I mean, that's a it's a it's a visual aesthetic that you don't see much in the vaporwave scene. So like it's it's a kind of really really detailed cartoon aesthetic, isn't it? And all the kind oh, of details yeah, yeah. in this sort of and almost, I, it's almost like a sort of kids. Um, like a piece of kids art or like a kind of pu- like a jigsaw or a puzzle or something and like there's that is absolutely um, <laughs> yeah. filled with detail I, I actually thought about um making a puzzle of it cute um there was this um mf doom there was this mf doom 45 i bought like maybe at this point 15 years yeah. ago uh it was a little 45 picture disc and it came with a puzzle of the art from the picture disc and i remember thinking that is the weirdest marketing that is great merch, though. I've seen, Very cool. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought maybe I should do a puzzle of that, but you know, again, it was just a silly idea. No, that's that's really cool. I think that would that would absolutely pop off in our scene. Nobody's done a jigsaw puzzle before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. I don't. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe I'm missing out here. I should. I should have done it when I had the idea. I think the people in our scene are like quite committed nerds though like you couldn't fob them off with like a five-piece child's jigsaw that takes you know three seconds to solve i think it would need to be <laughs> you know a really elaborate complex sort of thousand plus piece like a 500 like a yeah, piece. yeah 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 there you go a thousand <laughs> yeah yeah what's um what's some of the weirdest merch you've seen in the vaporwave scene or um or kind of further afield uh, oh my gosh, I can't remember the name of the label, but the label did like a whole trading card game. Mm. Um, those those guys gave um, I gave gave me a couple of the cards at um, the at um, uh, Flamingo Fest just this summer. I was kind of like rooting through my um, my yes. my man bag at the end of it and just pulling out all this stuff. And yeah, I've I've still got I've got them um, on my bedside table actually. Um, very cool. But yeah, there you go. I can't remember the name. I, I wish I could remember the name of the label, um, but yeah, no. And unfortunately, I had missed. I wanted to buy it, yeah, for the sake of like I thought it was cool, but it was like long sold out by the time. Yeah, I it's, it. and it's got it's got its own rules and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, I know. Very interesting. Yeah, not not good. We're drawing a blank on it. Yeah, that that was. Um, I mean that that whole time was a blur. Um, but yeah, it was just like people just giving us like so much like mad merchandise stuff yeah left and right really really cool um now that you brought up flamingo fest i have to know where the powerpuff girl pants came from (laughs) um they so i was wearing bright pink powerpuff girls we'd call them I don't know what we'd call them uh, jogging bottoms, which is like uh, <laughs> sweat, sweat, sweat joggers, yeah, joggers, yes, yeah, yeah. sweatpants. Um, they came from uh, like pure fast fashion boohoo man, which is like shine esque, like fast fashion, like the kind of place I would uh. never <laughs> shop at normally. But um, I got a targeted ad yeah, yeah. before we flew out, and I was just thinking. Yeah, I should probably buy those pink Powerpuff Girls trousers, you know. <laughs> no, I know Amanda, I, I think, I don't know if Amanda saw a picture of you beforehand yeah. or if it was at the show, but she was like, Tom looks so cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know, like I said, I don't remember if it was in person or a picture that someone mm-hmm. posted. But when I saw it, I was like, yep, he does. Yep, 100%. <laughs> Oh, that's that's very kind. Yeah, I think I think it probably would have would have been from that show because I don't think I've worn them before or since. But yeah, I was wearing them 
on um, day two of, of Flamingo Fest. Yeah, no, I wish I, I wish I had a cooler answer, you know, like, oh, um, you know, my, my friend sort of embroidery. Yeah, it does like bootleg embroidery. Ad. But um, yeah, it was targeted ad and fast fashion. But, um, you know, I wouldn't normally do that, but I made an exception for the Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> yeah, you had to, you needed it, yeah, for the outfit. <laughs> I was thinking um, the weirdest merch I've ever seen is... Um, do you know about this um, Ramstein box set? No. So they. Um, no, I have no idea. So I think they did. It was like a few Christmases ago. Like you could buy a box set. I guess. I guess it had like, I don't know what, like um, uh, a kind of deluxe edition of their latest album or whatever. But it was in this like huge box, and it had like uh, a set of dildos which had been cast from like all the the band members, <laughs> <laughs> the band members members. <laughs> It was like a really, really like it, and it was a set, or you would get one. That no, I think it was the the, was the full, the full, the full set, and like one of them was like honestly, it was like oh. a like a tube of Pringles. It was extraordinary. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, that's great. I think we're doing it all wrong. I think we need to ditch the cassette tapes and go for that. <laughs> yeah, um, I think um, yeah, I'm good with the tapes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think that kind of thing is. Um, I you, I can square it with with my day job, um, and ne- neither could you. <laughs> no, yeah, you're right. I don't think so either. <laughs> Got to stick to the music. Um, yeah, man, we've 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 gone yeah, sort of yeah, the best part of half an hour without really talking about your own music. And I think um, for people who know you um, as somebody who's put together these amazing compilations. Um, and sort of uh, these kind of curatorial efforts. I think um, your own like vaporwave music is kind of um, like an underrated gem. I think um, you've been you're like your own oh, like a, like at a time when lots of people like um, including me are kind of accused of um, sort of muddying the waters of what what vaporwave is by doing you know kind of different styles of electronic music and kind of offering it to a vaporwave audience like you've made some like proper vaporwave um bunch of albums and you've released with like yeah, a, yeah. a whole host of labels as well um it's very very impressive well thank you yeah uh funny enough i mean i i try really hard to look for samples but i get really um self-conscious sort of of what i'm doing mm-hmm. with them so a lot of them will just end up in like the itunes library you know unnamed unlabeled and i'll forget about yeah. them uh but uh yeah no i mean it's just uh i have a playlist on spotify just if i find something i like or i think that i could do something interesting with i save it and you know when i have sort of an extended period of time i mean like you you know we're both dads full-time jobs so when i get a second to like um try you know and work and be creative uh i just pull up that spotify saved library and just start going and seeing what i can come up with um but you know on top of that also my dad's responsible for a lot of the tracks i've sampled i'll go over my dad's a bigger music head than no way and so i'll go over yeah yeah i'll go i mean he was a is was is a musician Mm -hmm. uh a music lover i mean just as i am that's where i got it from and so there's music at my parents house 24 7 it's like at any time of the day there's always something playing so when I go over, if I hear something, I'll just shazam it or look yeah. over at the TV and 
save those tracks and and you know it's funny because i'll when i listen back or revisit an old album i'll be like ah i know that was my that was my dad's tracker that's something he put me onto that's so cool i i think um it's not essential but i i find when i'm working with samples and it sounds like this is important to you as well like having some kind of personal connection to the material um can you know it's i mean it's it's a slightly strange thing isn't it sort of melding like somebody else's music to kind of express your own ideas like that's that's a very unusual thing to do but like having like a personal connection and like a genuine affection for the source material rather than treating it as like kind of disposable raw material i think i think that can yield really interesting results yeah uh like i was mentioning like i don't like to gatekeep music but sometimes Mm -hmm. i do (laughs) but um you know it's like once you sample something or or you know use it you know like i said like whether i be djing or throwing it in the mix i feel like i just get like an extra layer of attachment to something that you know like i don't want to say own but now that i have a somewhat quote-unquote deeper connection with now yeah um and i think you know that's that's um you know you you i'll listen back to old tracks or old mixes and i can like immediately remember the the like setting or you know part of my life that i was in when I when I heard it or when I sampled it or when I was working on it um and you know it's nice to be able to revisit those sort of feelings yeah um through a different through a different lens yeah nice use of the word lens yeah <laughs> that wasn't a, that wasn't a purpose no, I'll, I'll take it yeah so it sounds like you're describing like a musical memory like a sort of really keen memory for for sounds where where you heard the sounds and stuff like because people like some I've I've got a background in like academic music and like you come across like certain people who say oh um, the only thing that matters is like the music itself like uh, all this kind of like the image associated with music is a distraction like the the context like uh, uh, the historical context or the social context around the music that's a distraction like the thing that matters is like the notes on the page and you know uh the technical details of the of the music itself and i you know like that's a very old-fashioned opinion like most most people involved in music i was gonna say that sounds very yeah, yeah and it, it well, it's, i think it's beyond boomer like i think i think it's really old because i think like um music is so much more than that isn't it it's 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 not just like notes on a page or, or notes on an instrument like the artist's kind of story and yeah the kind of the setting like where the how the music was made when it was made where it was made and the way you receive it like you know the context you're hearing this music it all adds up to like a kind of unique experience and i think um us as vaporwavers we like to kind of uh make that already kind of complex scenario even more kind of complex by like you know we're, we're kind of listeners and we're reinterpreters at the same time you know like if we if we hear something we like you know we're thinking we've got our kind of sample samplers ears our ears prick up and we're like oh i could do yeah, something with this yeah, exactly. i love this as is but i could do something different with this as well yeah and i think one like real thing that's i don't want to say frustrating but um if i'm listening to x vaporwave artist and i hear them sample a track mm-hmm. that i've sampled or just a song that I recognize yeah. and I hear their version or their take and it's like immediately way cooler. Mm-hmm. I just think, shit, why didn't I, th-? I was like, why didn't I oh. think of that? You're such a good sport. And, I, would, I thought know, you were about to throw funny. shade on people being like, uh, you know, I heard, I heard what oh, they did no, with no, the no, sample and like, I, I did it better. 
No, no, not at all. Um, I mean, this morning I heard oh, something on mm -hmm. YouTube. I can't remember. But they were sampling a change track. Mm -hmm. um, and I heard it and I recognized the, the sample. But, you know, once I heard you know, this person's edit or whatever, I thought, man, well, I can't use that one anymore because it's not going to be as cool as that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to do something better than that. Um, but, you know, it's like you said, it's, a, it's all in good sport. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought, I mean, those, um, a lot of those artists had quite like art, yeah, kind of disco era artists like change had quite deep discographies and lots of sort of versions and stuff as well. Like there's, there's plenty of material to go around. Oh yeah. That's kind of the whole point of, um, yeah, exactly. Vaporwave as a nostalgic movement. It's like, you know, even if you confine yourself just to like the late seventies and early eighties or whatever, there's, there, there's just like an absolute boatload of material to play with it's not going to run out is it and to pull you know. from <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly I, I even found it useful to like um you know in that pile of tracks that would get unused mm -hmm. that i was working on to take those and then resample those okay. so it was like sampling a resample or you know sampling an yeah. edit that i had done and then you know a a and being and seeing you know hearing the first edit compared to that and then hearing that compared to the original you know you just get like a world away from where you started and i think that's always fun that's cool i mean if you if you do that enough times like it's kind of interesting philosophical question it's like to what extent does that the the track belong to the original artist beyond a certain point of kind of yeah you know you've you've done a layer of processing you step away you do another layer like it's like um those like philosophical things like what's it called like the ship of the ship of theseus or we call it trigger's broom oh there you we go call it yeah. yeah yeah there you go it's yeah like, i know exactly yeah, what like when you about. change change the original parts enough like what's left of the original uh yeah yeah and, and I, you know it's like you said there's always a, there's always something more to pull from whether it be you know your own tracks or another track uh, that you've heard you know be it youtube or the radio mm -hmm. or, or you know whatever that's cool. It sounds like you're constantly listening or you're you're constantly seeking influence from your surroundings. Uh, you know, I really try to, but I got into podcasts and it has made finding new music really difficult. Yeah. Um, you know, I found some uh, four or five podcasts that, that I like. And, um, and, you know, sometimes that's taken over the space of listening to music. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, with, with DJing, you know, I'm DJing every weekend. Wow if not every other weekend that, you know, the days, you know, the rides to the gigs mm -hmm. and the rides back. I'm like, I've just played music for hours. I don't want to listen to music. I'll throw on a podcast. So, yeah, I think that's fair um, enough. It does get, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it is, you know, even with all the time, you know, it still gets kind of hard to find, to find new material sometimes or to find something new to. I try and find something to challenge my, like, palette you know to like listen to newer mm -hmm. stuff or listen to pop music or listen to um you know i've been trying to get into more um like classic rock but i'm not talking like led zeppelin or you know nothing like that i'm talking like like nick Lowe, yeah exploding hearts mm -hmm. sort of get into into that sort of realm yeah uh but there's just so much out there mm -hmm. uh and sometimes i don't know where to start yeah um but yeah, no, I just try to I just try to listen to everything. I mean, even on the project I put out on underwater computing, uh, it was Brass Plum, 
And it was sort of like I was super into infinity frequencies. Yeah. And I said, I need a sound like that. I want a sound like that. Like I want something, I want to be able to put out something that gives me the, or evoke the feelings that these infinity frequency albums come up with. And that one, I mean, there was some clash samples on there. There was some like 80s Mexican techno that I managed to get a hold of. And yeah. And, I think uh, you sent me that. that. You know, that one was really, f- yeah, yeah, that one was really yeah. fun to put together. Um, I think there was even uh, Erica de Cassier. Do you know who she is? I don't think so. Uh, I think she's European or something. I don't know. But she's like a contemporary artist now. Um, but I was just pulling from anything and everywhere to try and just, you know, slow down and chop up enough to try and get that that sort of, I don't, like that infinity frequency sound that just is so is so beautiful. <laughs> That's really cool. Future sounds. I'm, I'm in a duo myself. You're in a duo called Honey Channel. Um, it sounds it sounds uh-huh. like you might have sort of found a kind of kindred spirit who has like a kind of similar aesthetic approach to you, like a similar kind of um, ear for unusual sounds or, or sounds that they, that you can work into your DJ sets. Like, can, can you talk a bit about your yeah, collaborator? So- so Honey Channel is a like a my DJ duo group where you know we go back to back um, just playing off of each other's music and um, you know his his name is Andres but his DJ name is Miel mm-hmm. Beton and when he we've known each other for years but we weren't particularly friends we weren't not friends we just knew each other um, and he lived really close to where I had a residency so he was always popping in every time I was playing. Um, and then one day I decided that playing five hour sets alone was kind of boring. Um, so I said, Hey, why don't you come up, you know, and join me one day. And, um, we talked about it. We got a date and everything. And then the venue I was playing where the residency was, uh, it shut down. So our gig got postponed. Um, but luckily I don't remember how much time went by, but, we got another show and just from there on it's been like the past two years you know we've been really fortunate really lucky to get some other residencies and be playing every other weekend um in a bunch of spots here in town uh in austin uh i think those are the only two cities i don't think no no no, yeah just here in austin uh but yeah we had a we had a new year's gig up there and um yeah we 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 play at a, a bar and club up there called Howard's. It's this nice little swanky bar. Um, but yeah, no, it just, he, he, we get along really well. Um, and really, you know, it's when we're DJing, it's just, you know, playing great music, hanging out, having some drinks, getting some food. And it's like, I can't believe that we get paid to do that. Nice. That's yeah. That's, that's fantastic. Um, and it's, yeah, like, that sounds like regular yeah, work. Right? So you're, like, most most like, weekends you're playing. Either, either on your own or, or as Honey Channel. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, and I try to think, like, even on bad gigs, I'm like, man, this is still, like, a total cool thing to be doing. Like, I'm at a, I'm at a bar, I'm at a club or a restaurant or whatever, and I'm just playing whatever I want on, you know, what, um, tables like that I can't Do you find on. yourself playing sort of in the background for people drinking or, or like, actually, you know, like... Uh, dance floors kind of forming around you like what well, what's what's the how do, how does like an, a normal evening an evening with Groove Remote go uh, it's a bit of 
both. Um, uh, the we play at a club a lot here in town called Amor Eterno, and it's this um, it's a this really nice, really cozy sort of dimly lit bar, and they play. Uh, <laughs> believe it or not, they play porn on the uh, television Jeez. on the the TV. So uh, yeah, it's just like it's porn playing all night. Yeah. Um, Sometimes, I don't know, I, I've never looked long enough to know if it's gay, straight, or whatever it is, but I just know that it's porn. Um, so that's already a really great, you know, you, that's already a really great backdrop <laughs> for dance music and, yeah. you know, R&B. And so that one, that club usually gets really, really um, exciting as far as dance floor-wise. Uh, the only bad thing that I could probably say is that it's all wood floors, so when people really start dancing, the needles will, <laughs> will mm-hmm. start, you know, moving along and skipping that we kind of have to push people off further because, wow. you know, you'll be hearing, you know, nothing stops a groove like a hearing a skip or a yeah. scratch or something go on. Um, another place that we play at is a little more relaxed. Um, actually, this gig last weekend was the first time that people were like up and yeah. dancing. Uh, but at that place, it's much more of like, a vibe to say than, than than it is like a dance floor. Um, actually, that place that we got breakfast at, you, me, Jay, and Amanda, yeah. it basically is just yeah, like yeah. That. It's basically exactly yeah. Like, I, I know the um, aesthetic. You know, like a small concrete floor building. Yeah, and so that's more of. And when we play there, we try and do more like new wave, post punk, punk sort of. You know that kind of vibe and the dance stuff or like the the city pop stuff is just sort of an embellishment very cool yeah so the city pop stuff always goes down well it's quite it's such um such a broad it has such broad appeal doesn't it even if people don't know what it is oh i know i love it i love it uh i I love to especially throw um that midnight pretenders track on because the weekend sampled it so then like all the like radio heads went, oh they, you see like the look of like how do i know this where is this from that's cool um so it's always fun to throw stuff like that on yeah that's smart <laughs> those um the kind of spots you're saying you know you, you yeah, you're no, saying no, um it kind of looks like the the place that we went to like there was an article in the uk papers today it was in in the guardian um about how like um there's like a universal aesthetic of it's like what it was called something like why do all coffee shops look the same and it was talking about this kind of universal hipster aesthetic where like you could be you know you could be in london you could be in tokyo you could be like in any kind of metropolitan hub and you're there's going to be a nice kind of spot with which is kind of airy and wood floors and you know exposed brickwork and uh nice coffee and trendy tunes and um, it was quite, I mean, the, the, the article seems to be yeah, insinuating yeah, yeah. that that's like a bad thing because it kind of erases places, kind of individual identities and stuff. But like the that kind of aesthetic is a consequence of people caring, I think. Like it's a, a consequence of people caring about making coffee, you know, like sourcing good coffee and making it in a good way. It's a consequence of people caring about music and presenting it on, you know, like good interesting music that isn't just like an ipad playing a chart pop playlist but you know it's music that you've had to go out of your way to source you know just as you've had to source your your food and your drink and stuff and like obviously it's easy to kind of uh laugh at this kind of aesthetic because it's like it is a bit like there's an element of 
it being a bit pretentious or you know like a bit hipster or whatever but like at the root of this kind of stuff like the people kind of driving this stuff originally like before it gets kind of too silly and too over the top and too snooty it's it's people caring and i think like you're clearly somebody who cares about yeah. his music and like what uh, it is and where it comes from yeah i totally agree i mean i've been to restaurants where you know the music is already really cool yeah. um and i'm like man what are they you know like sometimes i'll joke around and be like man what'd they hire me for they're already playing cool shit <laughs> but um i do i do love like when you see a place that has a vinyl setup or turntable setup mm -hmm. or cdjs or whatever yeah. because um you know like you said it's coming from a sense of like trying to establish a mood yeah. or you know it's because they care or um you know i would much rather go to a place that um is paying attention to the music yeah. that they're presenting as well as you know other aspects whether it be um the decor or yeah. the drinks or you know like you said the coffee the the the, the cocktails whatever yeah. i feel like um i would much rather go to a place that supports bringing in music that f is fitting to their to what they're trying to do yeah i think that this article was kind of trying to insinuate that like there's no difference between chains you know which have like this kind of bland uh kind of repeatable aesthetic and identity and this which is like a repeatable um identity and aesthetic but you know like this these these um these kind of places are supporting local kind of producers and artisans and stuff like musicians included like i think it's uh that shouldn't be laughed at until it gets you know too pretentious and too kind of precious and i think um I, I don't know i think i'm a bit old-fashioned yeah. but like um i still like like this idea of things kind of being kind of quite transnational and stuff you know like we you know we've we've we live on different sides of the planet and stuff and we have like shared interests and stuff and you know we can come together in in uh yeah spaces that kind of celebrate music and stuff and you know we you know on the rare chance that we get to hang out in you know in real life like we can have you know make, make those connections and stuff and i think it's um there's something really kind of special about things that kind of transcend borders and stuff and um i was like you said the the sort of like you know the, the i mean like you've mentioned i think as far as like the vapor we've seen you have been like my oldest friend yeah. for you know the um from speaking on Instagram to, or I think it was Twitter, Instagram, I don't remember, uh, to, um, to you know, meeting and hanging out at Flamingo Fest. Yeah. Uh, Which you kicked you off. Know, you, were, you were act one. I, I the, whole, the whole event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was super excited, man. I, like, I, like I'd mentioned to you, I had never done digital. <laughs> and even to the day of the show, I was on... I was on iTunes buying tracks. I was like, I think this could be cool. I think this could be cool. Wow. Um, no soul seek for you. And, you know, getting... actually buying music. That's very good. <laughs> no, no, no. So, well, I, I mean, it was more for the sense of safety. I was like, I don't want to download some, some gaudy MP3 yeah. and it sounds like shit when I play it. Like, I'd rather just buy uh, from, you know, from iTunes. And I know I'm getting like a wave file. Or, yeah. I don't even know if it's MP3 or a wave, but that I'm getting like an official track. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, like I said, even while we were on the plane, or not on the plane, but waiting for the plane, I was there on iTunes, like, just looking for stuff and then throwing it all on the USB. And, um, yeah, when I got my bank statement, I had, like, 
$51 charges <laughs> yeah, or $1.30 yeah. charges from from iTunes. That's funny. I was like, what is this? Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> um, but, That's the uh, yeah, consequence of but, your own yeah, actions just, is what yeah. it is. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I heard someone say the other day, well, 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 if it ain't the consequences of my own actions. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, reaping and sowing. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's really cool, man. But yeah, that, that was it was a wicked set. Um, and it was a really, well, for me, it was a really good start to the event. I know I know you had pretty sort of hairy start, like actual start to the event because you, you got caught up in this, <laughs> this um incident um you know on on the streets outside which is which is most unfortunate but um hopefully i mean it looked like you'd put put that behind you by um uh by the oh, time yeah. you were playing and stuff because it, it was great because i think it was great because everybody bought me drinks that i just forgot that it happened <laughs> yeah the, the, so. the bartender made you a very stiff drink yeah <laughs> that's the price isn't it of getting roughed up at the door <laughs> have there a shot go, exactly so there you go yeah uh so you know it was but you know it was a great it was a great uh a way to you know head over there um to la and you know playing on flamingo fest and being able to i don't know, like just just perform and meet and hang out with everybody it was like i still think about it now it was so much fun yeah yeah no i, I i've got very fond memories and, of it you know i'm hoping you know i'm hoping and praying there's one next year yeah i hope so as well i mean it, it we it's it's no secret that we're talking about it um uh there's there's practicalities and logistics and you know where in the world we do it and stuff but um there's a good chance it happens yeah there you go i got my fingers crossed <laughs> have you got what are your abiding memories of 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 the flamingo fest weekend then are, are there any sort of musical uh musical performance that's that have stuck with you uh i mean it was i i thought the whole thing from the start was just um I mean, we got there and unfortunately we had to hold on to our luggage for a few hours because we couldn't check into our Airbnb. But a friend of mine, um, Alex, who goes by Mission Indigo, yeah. I think you may have mm -hmm. met him, um, got there about an hour after us and he was kind enough to let us give us a hotel room wow. uh, key. He's like, yeah, you know, just come to my place. Um, I'll give you a spare key so you can leave your stuff here and come and go as you want, you know, whenever you're... you're y'all are ready to go or whenever y'all are ready to you know get your stuff or whatever um so that was already really good uh but you know seeing i don't I mean really really honestly i think out of the whole uh out of the whole um festival my favorite set i think was the three-piece suites <laughs> and the global chill set yeah um not to undermine anybody else's performances but i remember just at that point uh there was like i have like one very foggy memory of just like completely like bliss oh, nice. <laughs> just being in like such a good mood and like and like uh and and you know dancing and having a good time and taking pictures and being with amanda i just remember like hearing all the break beats and the visuals and uh enzo jumping on the mic i remember when and as soon as i saw enzo rapping <laughs> Amanda and I looked at ourselves, looked at each other, and I, I mean, I don't know what we said, but I just remember us going like, whoa, <laughs> and, you know, that night. Uh, He'll love that, but he'll also I, be I really embarrassed, I think, because he, he says all those verses are, like, borrowed, <laughs> but they're kind of borrowed in, like, a really beautiful vaporwave way, so, like, they're uh, borrowed from, like, what people used to do on pirate radio and stuff, which, and what people used to do on those radio stations, it's like, 
because it's it's emceeing as like a radio art form rather than like an you know an art art form where you're you're writing kind of beautiful poetry it's kind of you know it's designed to fill the dead air and stuff and it's got like this kind of uh yeah it's got this kind of beautiful sort of rhythm and and sound to it even if but like meaning is is pretty low and yeah enzo's kind of internalized all this stuff and he's very sort of modest about it but it is you know quite a beautiful art form and it's kind of quite a sort of uniquely british phenomenon as well um that you know he's um he was was, around for it first time around and he's kind of he's been trying to bring it back in vaporwave for a very long time he's got the receipts as well because like there's more and more things get called vaporwave (laughs) these days like lots of parties get called vaporwave and stuff and um enzo's like man i've been saying vaporwave since like forever (laughs) he's got the receipts um, yeah, he was like, I don't want to be that. He's like, I don't want to be that guy, but I've been doing this for yeah, a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, that that set that set was really, really uh, that that was so much fun. Um, like I said, I don't remember who went first. If it was y'all or Global Chill, oh, I don't even know. Um, that day was a blur. Also, because I was, uh, I, I didn't really think I was going to be working doing the the sound engineering shift. So that day was an extra. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. The global Global Chill set well, was very cool. Is, He's got Dennis has got like a wicked presence, doesn't he? This kind of. Um, foreboding kind of yeah, doom he, and then um, yeah the name global chill is like it's like such a cute name as well which like it kind of goes with his sort of kind of jars oh, yeah, it, with his it, sort of menacing figure and it was funny the next the next day we were getting um a conveyor belt sushi with him <laughs> and i just thought this is so silly yeah yeah <laughs> like, he can he can be a bit silly can't he he's, 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 he's such a sweet dude gentle giant yeah uh, but as far as other artists, I mean, the autograph set was just completely killer. Oh, man, that was at um, the same time as my set, so like, I didn't see it. <laughs> oh, God, I know, I know, I know. I couldn't believe when I saw the set, when I saw the set times, I said, no. Yes. I think I Designed even may have commented on the, the post or something. Um, but yeah, yeah seeing, and, and I thought, I'm going to have to hate to leave the Donnerland set, but I got to go catch. I did the half and half. Um but just um, seeing the hardware, I mean, I remember watching him, uh, you know, I, I may have just been like imagining mm-hmm. it, but I felt like I could see, I could hear what I was seeing, if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I, I, I remember like, and I remember him like, either there was, I don't know, it's a, I don't know at this point, but I started hearing hi-hats. And uh, I saw him like twisting a knob slowly. They go, "Oh, look! The hi hats are getting louder when he's doing that." And I just, so I, I had never seen anyone perform in that yeah. style or doing like, I don't know what that like the technical term. There's, for that. there's many reasons why more people don't do it, but it's it's incredibly difficult. Um, involves like cost, involves bringing like heavy, cumbersome equipment. Oh, yeah. Like, there's many, many, many reasons why most people choose not to do it. But like. Um, the the payoff is really big like as you're just as as you're describing like um being able able to like improvise and perform live with with machines that aren't necessarily designed to do that it's like it's such a flex and it's it it can be really really cool and oregon does it really well (laughs) have you come across um i've been thinking like there's a there's a kind of uk equivalent of orograph who's a guy a guy called cfax acid crew have you come across cfax acid crew no, you. I think you would love I've him. So, so Cfax Acid Crew's Square Pushes, little brother, big brother. I think little brother, and um, he like Square Pusher makes like pretty artful IDM on Warp. Like you know, he's kind of second only to Aphex Twin, really. But Cfax Acid Crew likes make makes 
just straight up acid bangers with like a very British sense of humor. Um, and it is like, it is madness. But, oh, but yeah, yeah, using the same tools that Orograph uses, you know, SH101s and um, 606s and, you know, like the kind of classic pieces of, of equipment. Um, it's like in a very recognizable style um, and really melodic as well. But yeah, check, check out CFAX. I think you'd really enjoy it. It's got, um, I know um, yeah, you definitely. and many others in the vaporwave scene are kind of like a, um, a kind of streak of anglophilia in you you know you guys are anglophiles um i think you'd i think you'd vibe with cfax because there's like it's got a very british sense of humor uh yeah no i can't wait to hear that <laughs> um yeah i'll have to ask you to send me a link because i don't think i'm gonna remember how to yeah, spell yeah. that or say CFAX, i don't know if you guys uh, had cfax cfax the- was um uh it was called teletext as well it was like on our on our tvs like way pre-internet like it had this like you could um, look up like the news and the weather and I think you could even like book train tickets and stuff but like through your TV it's like vaporwave as fuck there must have been something like maybe like through your cable TV and stuff like in the 90s and it it looked like you know it looked like a sort of um, old kind of computer game aesthetic but like you could yeah press press a button on your TV remote and you'd go through these pages and you could yeah do all sorts like read sports updates you know see the the league tables for the sports and yeah like a, like a really well, well, shitty pre-internet me, internet let me ask you how old are you i know we're similar in age but um, i think you i was born in 89 30. yeah i'm 34 i think i think i'm 34 uh see so you got uh, i just turned 31 a few weeks ago so Maybe maybe I just missed that thing that you were talking about. <laughs> I think um, it might be like just a very British but, thing. Um, there's there was oh, yeah, or that or that there was yeah. there was something similar in France that was even more advanced called the Minitel, which is like uh, the main inspiration for like the upcoming Donalens album. Like it was kind of inspired by this kind of pre-internet internet. Like um, I think it was like done done through your like your phone connection i think you had to pay you know pay by the minute or whatever so it got crazy expensive and i think a lot of sort of french men were getting divorced or like bankrupting themselves like dialing up sort of erotic chat rooms and stuff um uh-oh. yeah uh-oh. uh-oh uh-oh and um i think like they, they were being catfished quite a lot um, of the time and stuff as well interesting. yeah but well, yeah that's a big know, inspiration uh, for yeah. new donal and stuff like like the song seeing voices and stuff is is, is about that kind of thing I can't wait to hear that. <laughs> as far as I mean, if we're talking, if we're talking donor lens, uh, I mean, is uh, I've enjoyed all three of the projects, but to me, the Miracle Lounge has always been like what I what I go back to listening to. Um, I remember at around like I don't know how many years ago it was, around Thanksgiving time, like November ish, if I remember yeah. correctly. Um, I saw the art go up and I go, "Whoa, what is this?" and you know, um, at that point, uh, I remember wanting to buy the record or the tape so bad, but I was so dead broke because I didn't have a job or I had a very low paying job. And on top of that, um, our kiddo was about yeah. to be born. So my, my, ex- my, um, expendable income was very limited and I, I, I could not get, maybe that's why I like that one so much because I wanted to, you know, buy a yeah. copy of it so bad, but I couldn't, um, and I think y'all did a sale or something there. The MP, MPF had a sale. Mm-hmm. And I said, all right, look, there it is. I'm going to get it. And then I, I got it. And, you know, that might be part of the reason why oh. 
why I gravitate towards that one so much. It's um, the most vaporwave as well. But yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, even, you know, I think I've told you before, uh, I love Midnight Store and Air Area, but of the three, I say it's my least favorite, isn't, and I like all of yeah. them, but that's the one. I like the other two more, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, but even, I used to, de- I used to DJ, oh, the there was a track from Midnight Store. What was it? It was, um, uh, oh my gosh. Hold on, I'm going to look it up on my Spotify real quick. I would always play for a while. I stopped taking it out only because I was like, man, I play this every time. I got to relax. <laughs> it was, um, oh, which one is it? I'm going to have to get back to you. I think it was, oh, uh, Freedom of Choice. Oh, uh, cool. I would always play that nice. one. I would always play that one out. Um, but like I said, I started, I realized I was like playing it every gig and I was like, okay, I need to take this one out. I got, like, people are going to start recognizing this one. And then uh, I always really liked Miranda or yeah. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Yeah, Miranda. It's like a shitty soft drink. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that was not oh, one. Cool. But, um, yeah, no, Midnight Store is the one I always go back nice. to. Nice. Yeah, I think um, the Era Area album is what is like when we got like we're experimenting like most with like pop stuff and then also with like kind of wacky plunderphonic stuff um i don't know what what how to describe our new album like um it's coming out really soon like um it's kind of got yeah it's got elements of all, all that old stuff but yeah i mean we're coming up to five years of our project and um yeah we'll def- definitely should re- that's crazy yeah, right we should revisit some some of the miracle lounge kind of sounds i think it's got like um kind of more instrumentally kind of slippery kind of it yeah, like instrumental, as in using instruments as well. Like um, lots of that kind of fretless sounds and stuff. Maybe we should do more of. How um, how old is how, how old is Groove Remote? The project, or is it oh, hard man, to date? That goes back to. The name goes back to when I was like sixteen. Yeah. And is that, is it like a Hey Arnold thing? Um, is it, is that right? It yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. I used to love Hey Arnold. Um, I mean, I still love, I, even as an adult, I mean, it's been a few years now, but even in my 20s, I was like rewatching the yeah. series over and over. Um, uh, one second, hold on. I apologize. Uh, yeah, that's where it came from. And I heard, I saw the, um, I was really into the soundtrack and that was a track from there. Mm. And I said, whoa, that's cool. If I ever like DJ, um, I'm gonna make that my DJ yeah. Name. It's kind of perfect and for DJing, isn't it? That's like like the, you know. Yeah. Um, weirdly, um, what was it the, at oh, uh, Electronicon, 18 Carat Affairs set? Uh, he was like literally doing like a groove remote thing. So like, uh, he would play like a, a tune, like a kind of fragment of a tune, and then like the the visuals on the on the screen, like a remote would like change the channel and the song would change like so like only sort of excerpts of the tunes were playing there were like hard oh cuts God. and stuff That's so awesome. yeah the groove yeah the groove remote he was one of the um he was one of the um first people that like really got me into paper mm-hmm. wave uh was 18 care of the fair and uh that spent passions Two album yeah. uh i thought was so fucking cool i mean even now i still i i almost made a bootleg tea the other day but then I realized I hadn't gotten paid yet, so I didn't order it. But um, yeah, uh, that spent passions too. The first album, I don't like to call them albums, the first project I did uh, for Mosa Garden, yeah. 
I guess this is kind of embarrassing to admit, but what I did was that was my first like venture into trying to make yeah. Vaporwave. I didn't even know how to make like uh, separate tracks on Ableton. Like I would just record everything in the one long track. That's cool. But um, I threw, I I got the 18 Care the Fair album, and I lined up all the tracks back to back in Ableton, yeah. in the, you know, so I could see how long they yeah. were, and I made all the tracks i however like if he had 50 something songs on an album i made 50 songs and i made them all like the same length like if track one was 30 <laughs> seconds i made my first track 30 you seconds you thought there was something magic in the, in the structure was, um yeah exactly and you know i was like okay yeah. cool like i was just trying to follow form that's so cool and i mean that's a really good with, exercise you know, isn't it that album yeah and you know luckily I, I always wondered, like, oh, I wonder if people are ever going to piece this together. Yeah, well, you um, told us now. And, you know, fortunately, no one ever, no one ever did. No. But, I um, think you'd have to be, like, um, uh, but, Wizard of Oz, Dark Side of the Moon level famous to, <laughs> for people to notice, like, hang on a minute. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. And you know what's funny is I released that, that album on um, City yep. Man Productions with yep. Tony. And, uh, you know, he was the first guy that, like, gave me a shot. I think we met on Reddit, and I was like, hey, I really want to try and put something out. And he, like, without any question, was like, sure, let's do it. That's, that's right. But um, I remember he posted a review of somebody reviewing, uh, or he posted a review that somebody did of Formosa yeah. Garden. And I go, oh, cool. If he's posting it, it must be good. And I clicked on the link, and it was just completely trashing the oh, whole God. album. And it said, it said it, uh, it sounded like a shitty waterfront dining. And I go, hmm, that's funny because I love waterfront dining, but I was definitely totally copying. Uh, yeah, you should have corrected affair. them. <laughs> shitty but, 18 Karen um, affair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should have. But um, and then I remember thinking, like, man, why did he repost that? That's embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, and then you know, but now it's. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all it's in it's in you know I don't care it's it's funny to think about. Yeah, man. Well, I, you know, wouldn't be self conscious about the quality of your output because I mean, the I wrote down a list of labels that have released your shit and it's um pretty like comprehensive. I mean, I I wrote down City, City Man, yeah. uh, the 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 defunct Hollow Jams, MPF, Virtual Beach Club, Oasis Limited, Base Coverage, First Class Collective, Naughty Night. I think that there are others as well, aren't there? You've mentioned others even in the course of this interview. I, th I think the only one missing might be underwater yeah, computing, which is very which, cool. You know, again, they're a super phenomenal yeah. French label. Um, I don't know, I love their whole aesthetic, and you know, if I didn't have adult duties, I'd be buying all their releases. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, their 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 work, their output's really great as well. Oh man. Well, what 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 a scholar, what a you know comprehensive sort of picture of the the vaporwave scene. I guess like the these labels want to to work with you because you're you know the the music's fantastic, but you're you're known to them as like you know like an integral part of the scene. Um, you know, on both sides of the fences as as a as a fan and as a as a creative yourself. So I mean, it's yeah. Well, thank you. I, I try to keep my foot in like um in the YouTube scene, like uploading yeah. videos and DJing and doing vaporwave because I always feel like one will support the other, yeah. which will support the other. You know what I'm saying? Like if I'm trying to get more DJ gigs or more residencies, you know, like they see the YouTube yeah. page has 
some following and then they see the Bandcamp page has the albums and then they see the the you know like i feel like it's like a game of pong like one thing is just leading to another yeah, so for sure. i just try and keep like the groove remote name on everything and hope that it sticks somewhere yeah i mean it's, it seems to be working i think um the the youtube thing has the potential to be huge doesn't it because you know um people can and do get blessed by the algorithm like in, in within our world like certain barber beats artists and sort of pizza hotlines video game mixes and stuff and like to um i mean you you had a a, a taste a taste of success with uh your um uh recent thing that i did i did the mastering for um yeah intimate genius yeah i was, I was gonna i was gonna call it infinite um, genius you're the infinite genius intimate, uh, well, that, intimate. That, that could be the b-side yeah, or something. intimate genius but yeah that, um, that that had like a sort of kind of flurry of 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 semi semi-viral activity yeah, which it, is cool it, it's it stopped now it, it, i've noticed that like it goes hard yeah. and then it stops yeah. Um, but you know, you know, I'm not, you know, um, but, uh, you know, just the other day I uploaded a vinyl rip of Tatsura Yamashita's that ride on time track. Um, I did a vinyl rip of the 45, which I got in pop killer at LA. Oh yeah. In LA when we were there for Fringo Fest. And it it got to, yes, yes, yes. And it got 14,000 something views. It was getting like a thousand views a day. And then one night. Just a few days ago, I got an email from YouTube saying that uh, Mr. Some whatever uh, requested to take it yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. The Japanese so labels was, and artists are quite litigious and protective of their copyright, aren't they? It's sort of, um, they're oh, yeah. quite old media. Like, I mean, my understanding of the Japanese music industry is that it's like the transition from kind of CD, the CD era to streaming is, you know, um, it's like it's kind of only recently happened or it is happening you know like um i i yeah. heard somebody say about like japanese culture is that like they they hit the 2000s in the 1970s and then stayed there <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah and uh, there, there's elements no, I, of truth I, I in that to, sure. um, like it's not as futuristic as people think or all aspects the, uh, aren't as futuristic as people think all the um on that video all the comments were like this will be a yeah yeah yeah. i'll enjoy it while i can and i was like nah this isn't gonna get taken down this is fine it's all right and when i got the email from youtube saying it was removed Mm -hmm. they were like you can reach out to the person and ask to revoke it so i emailed them as nicely as i could asking to uh, remove the strike and let me have it up but they did not respond unfortunately I, i doubt you'll ever hear from them yeah, it's a shame. Have you got a strike? Are you on the naughty step? Uh, I think it said it doesn't affect my channel. Okay. But, um, but you, you know, who knows, <laughs> who knows? But it's the first time it's ever happened, so That's I'm sure this I'm okay. sure this well, is a grace period. Keep, keep going. Keep, keep cracking keep on. Yourself. It is well past my bedtime, but um, could you let us, well, let me know and let the listeners know, like, what's what's on the horizon for Groove Remote? What, what have you got planned? Um, you know, just uh, keep playing, you know, keep DJing, keep doing vinyl rips, uh, YouTube mixes. Um, I got, I think I have about two projects just sitting on iTunes, just waiting to, you know, to put yeah. out... Um, uh, you know, just you know, just want to keep putting music out, sharing music, and trying not to gatekeep. Yeah. Um, 
And, you know, actually, one, I'm going to just say it out loud in hopes that uh, the universe responds. Uh, we have a dead mall here in town, an absolutely dead mall. It's empty. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how the lights stay on, but it looks like I may have managed to get a DJ set there. Cool. And I'm trying to do a mall soft mic. I'm trying to do a live DJ mall soft gig from a dead mall. Oh, man, you have to uh, get record, the, record the and, desk output and put some, some microphones about as well, yeah? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, my, that's what I'm hoping for. So I, you know, I emailed the, the general manager and it looks like I got a thumbs up and just trying to wait oh, on a, no a, a date well, I can't time. wait to see and um, uh, hear documents of that. Yeah, that. yeah, that's what I'm, I've got my fingers crossed. So I'm really hoping for that to go through. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, you know, what, what an honor to have you as a guest. Thank you so much for, for making the time. No, and thank you I know for you're having just, me. You're, you're fresh off a, a working day and um, I'm sure you want to get home to oh, your yeah. wife and child. But yeah, thank, thanks so much for sort of giving up some... Yep, we're actually, we're actually going for, for pizza as soon as oh, I get home. So it gets better. Be, well, I'm, going, I'm going to bed. It's, it's 11 o'clock here, which is about an hour and a half past my bedtime. So I'm going to... I'm going to be awoken by my child <laughs> probably several times during the night. And then he gets up about half past five, six at the latest, thinking that the day is about to get going. So, um, yeah, <laughs> wish me luck. So, yeah, if I, if I sounded a bit frazzled um, during, uh, during this interview, it's because, um, yeah, I can't, stri- I can't complete a sentence owing to uh, total lack of sleep. But um, any chance to speak to you well, is. I appreciate um, you. Yeah, I appreciate you uh, accommodating me. <laughs> Thank you so much. So it's, it's a love in. It's a it's a, a, a Tom and Aldo love in this episode. I hope I hope people can um, there you go, yeah. <laughs> keep their food down. I hope it's not totally sickening. You know, I'll I'll edit any like truly <laughs> no. egregious bits out. And um, yeah, we're gonna put an absolute sort of bonanza of links in the description to for all your kind of various projects and there stuff. There you go. Yeah, we t- we did we definitely talked about a lot. <laughs> Cool. Take care of yourself. Um, speak soon. Yeah, you too. Take care. Future sounds. Um, hey, we've got a world worldwide exclusive, <laughs> haven't we? We do. Oh, let's just call it. We though. do. And I think well, we are allowed to say who it is. So before we came on, we were just double checking with a, with a couple of, um, well, people. We were making it sound mysterious. Yeah. We, were checking, we were checking with Jay, weren't we, um, to make sure that it was all okay. But you, oh, I did the intros for that, so you feel free to do the intro for the, uh, Ooh, for the music. Okay, well, let me bring up the old WhatsApp. So what we've got here, imagine this with no vowels, Lavender Town. Lavender Town. Lavender Town uh, is the name of the artist. And the track that we're going to preview tonight is Pimple, which I think is People. Pimple. So um yeah, this this artist has got a real um uh he doesn't like vowels very much. Are we allowed to say who's behind the secret identity? Like the Mars singer. Off, uh, off, off. I off. think do you know what yeah, the Mar yeah, do you know what I've never watched that watch show, it. I'm aware of it, but um I think we can. So my understanding is um, because he's already gone live on his socials yes, with yeah. it anyway, is that Lavender Town or Lavender Town um, and the track People, Lavender Town is uh, the one and only Johnny, uh, who is one, I want to say, fifth, yeah, fifth. of uh, yeah, of Iverson. 
One Fifth of Iverson. Um, uh, obviously well-known synth-pop band of whom me and you are both wonderful fans, if not the be- so the biggest eight. fans of. We're in his top eight. If, if he was on uh, original fans. MySpace, we'd be in the top eight. We'd be the top three. Yeah, yeah for sure. I think you're right. Um, so, yes, it is Johnny from Iverson, also known as Core Data. So this is his, um, this is his yeah. lo-fi... Lo-fi chill kind of uh, project, uh, which I think comes at a nice time of the world. 2024 could be stressful, so we all could do a little bit of lo-fi chill in our uh, like in it. our lives. I will work to it. I like to work to instrumental music. So, uh, so thanks, Johnny. Thanks, Levin to turn with the track "People," and that will be our cue. Because Tom might bed it in slowly while while we're talking here, but that will be our cue to say um, thank you for all of you who are listening. Uh, thank you for sticking around. Thank you for choosing to listen to us because we've been mumbling on a little bit this time. But actually, you know, lavender tone. <laughs> <laughs>